Welcome to 40k Lorecast with me, John Barsati and Brad Chester. This guy. I'm going to do a little caveat before we start this cast. Today's cast is brought to you by upper respiratory infections. <laughs> so if the audio in this gets a little choppy at some point, just know it was me cutting out Brad or myself hucking up a, a lung. Um, I'm going to throw my shout out now. Go. Because we have a, a new listeners. I pat with this after LVO just happened. Mm -hmm. And I gave out the cards, talked to people about Lorecast, met one of my buddy. Shout out to Sean, but my boy Padrock, Rocco, uh, found the, the lore cast and said he really enjoyed it and then said he's really sad because he's only getting it one or two episodes more because I will die of old age. Not like a physical problem, just, just because I'm old. Just because you're old. <laughs> I mean, the sad part is you actually might be bordering on twice the age of some of, <laughs> some of the average players. Oh, yeah. Like it's wildly so. But anyway, uh, additionally, also a little announcement for everybody. If you go to www.the40klorecast.com, we have a webpage now. So please go to it. Um, there's got some links on there. It's going to be updated as we go through, but I had some free time over a weekend and decided to, to make a webpage. In a, in <laughs> moving forward, we'll have a lot more content on it. Mm -hmm. We'll have a lot more links. We'll have things of the other content that I do between yep. coaching and everything else. Yep. We'll edit the shit out of that YouTube because channel. Pause. We just, Brad and I were having a discussion and, and we didn't want to have a weird link in our uh, cast to 45 different things. So I figured we can just have the cast linked to a, one web page and we can do all this stuff off that. So there you go. But anyway, to the actual subject matter at hand, we've discussed the heresy. We've done the Imperium. We've even done a few Xenos. So there's only one thing we haven't covered so far. You know what we're going to cover? The first model I ever owned in 40K. Well, there we go. So we're going to dive into chaos. And if we're going to jump into chaos, why not do who might be... We actually were discussing this. I'm not sure if he's the second most, third most, fourth most influential figure in the entire 40K universe, he's, but he's in that level. He's the antagonist for the story sure. of 40K. You got to figure it out. And actually, actually realize this, now it says it in the title of the cast. So I'm like, ooh, we're being mysterious. But you would have seen the word Abaddon already. <laughs> My bad. And we're going to flip coins under <laughs> Abaddon or Abaddon uh, the entire time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be whatever... Whatever sounds coming out of my mouth is going to be that one. Abaddon. I will say this. It is technically Abaddon. If you have phonetically, it is spelled Abaddon. But enough people have said Abaddon to me over the years that now it's just going to be that. Sometimes you got to go the, the destroyer, the destroyer. So I would say when we talk about how important this character is to the universe, I, I list him as the third most influential member um, because I think the Emperor and then Horus and then... Abaddon. He's the main storyline in the game. Yeah. Abaddon's Black Crusades have been a part of the game the whole time, pretty yeah. much. I don't see any limitation. He is the continuation of the Horus Heresy, what is now the Long War. Well, yeah, that's a good point. It, it, he, he's the bridge. He is the mm -hmm. bridge to that. But that's the, that's the base. Horus Heresy is the basis of the game, period. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Xenos, but like. It just is. Yeah. I mean, it's not the Xenos. It is what the game's based on, effectively. Uh, and the Rogue Trader people are going to throw this out to me because the Horus Heresy was not big in the beginning. But yeah, the, the modern game for the last 25, 30 years is effectively based on that. Yeah, and he's the continuation of that. And most of the storyline that propels the game forward is based around him trying to do something and other people trying to stop what he's doing. Well, and I think it's, it's fair for us to say this because we're both actually pretty heavy Xenos players. Warhammer 40k is actually largely Space Marine versus Chaos. Mm -hmm. the, the Xenos, and the, it's, I think it's why the Xenos are more fun to play, but they are side characters in the story. Just being honest, it's, it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but uh, I played a lot of uh, Skyrim and other things and Fallout. Uh, yeah. How often do you spend on the side quests? Sorry. <laughs> That's true. Side quests are better. And I'll be in then I mean, I'm unabashedly an orc fan, but I still think a lot of the Xenos factions are more interesting, except for Tau. Uh, <laughs> um, but Abaddon is kind of where I felt, Brett and I felt, would be the best way to jump into chaos. Because when you look at Abaddon, the, the, kind of the best way I think I would describe him is that he has affected Every single uh, faction of the game has in one way or another been affected by Abaddon. 
Oh, they all hate him. They all want him dead. He is probably the most hated figure in the entire game. And to be honest, he's a noble dick. Before we go, I said yeah. this before we started recording today. We're going to get into a bunch of the story and his origin and everything yeah. else. But one of the biggest things about why I think he's a great character is because he has self-doubt. He's lost. He's won. Yeah. He's, he has flaws. He's not just this satirical mustache yeah. twirling Cobra villain. Commander. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's got real. And the thing is, is that he's right about a lot of shit. Yeah. He's a bad dude. Don't get whoa, whoa, whoa. We were yeah. we we actually argued whether how evil versus not evil, and we'll get into more of this yeah. as we go on. And but like he has like real legit reasons sometimes. A lot of the books I love when they have him talk about stuff, and you're like, oh shit, did he just make a wildly good point mm-hmm. about what's going on right now? You're like, oh, you've you've got a point. You're not just killing people to kill people. You're you have a reason. Sometimes you're doing, not sometimes, most of the time you're doing terrible shit. Yeah, and I think it's important we talked about people like Angron. Angron was always angry. Not the best naming mechanic on the part of GW. Angron? Yeah, but you look at a lot of these people, a lot of the main characters, their entire story arc, there isn't much of an arc. It's basically a plateau. They started being this one person, they became a bigger version of that person. Abaddon's story arc is actually much more involved he actually goes through Abaddon effectively earns his way to his current situation to what brad was saying he has these epiphanies and these moments and they affect him and they change him and he still has things where he has to worry about am i doing even as the arch villain he still has doubts about should i be accepting more chaos gifts should i be doing this and he's trying to stay true to him and even though the staying true to him is staying true to a lot of evil shit but man, he's very complex, and I, I think that's what makes him a great villain. He is. I, I did. I was hoping to be able to put a Wreck It Ralph reference in here of "you're <laughs> bad guy, but not bad guy," yeah. but no, he's a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he honestly, his, like, like he, no, he's 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 a very bad person. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is, he was that from the beginning, though. He wasn't corrupted by chaos. He was just. Yeah. But, but let's just jump yeah. in. So let, let's dive into it. So with think enough teaser of the episode, let, let's get into who Abaddon actually is. So his first name is Ezekiel, because why not? Uh, <laughs> I will, as always, talk a good amount of crap on some of the stuff that maybe GW uses throughout their events. But Abaddon actually was, is from Sithonia? Sithonia? Cthonia. Cthonia. Oh, that, that makes it easier to say. So basically, it's basically, you know, Barcelona. Got it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so he's from, he's from evil Barcelona. Um, it's from Horace's homeworld. Yeah. And it was, as we've discussed before, a planet that kind of, the Dark Age of Strife ripped this planet to shreds. Oh, this planet got wrecked. Their planet was bad, bad, yeah. because they effectively used everything to make weapons. Yeah. And it... Brad and I are going to actually, we've discussed, we're gonna, one of our casts that we're going to pretty soon is we're going to go through the different types of worlds in the Imperium, you know, and kind of what life is like on each of them. Spoiler alert, not great. Yeah. Um, unless you, unless it starts with Paradise World, it's not Yeah, and even Paradise World, there's still some really bad jobs. Well, yeah, because you're in Paradise for people that have all of the stuff. Exactly. But, uh, Cthonia? Cthonia. Cthonia? Yeah, Cthonia. This is fun. So, <laughs> yeah, Cthonia was a, actually, was, was a wonderful world full of natural resources that, and that it wasn't. <laughs> the men of iron stripped every last piece out of it and then left everyone there to figure it out. And I mean, I was, as I'm trying to think of a good reference for what this is like, I mean, I'm, I'm going original Mad Max. Like, kind of actually. Yeah. They, they took all the resources and left them. The thing is, is what happened there is that they left them with just enough resources that you have to kill everybody that has resources. Yeah. Yeah, enough that a few of you can survive, but not all of you. Right. And so, yeah, one thing leads to another. And for those of you who don't know the story of Horus, that is the world that Horus was raised on. He was raised in the world of warlords who are just constantly killing each other. And to give Horus props, he immediately started wrecking shop. Oh, yeah. Horus <laughs> conquered. Horus became warlord quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the warlord. Exactly. Pretty, with a, with a, a speed. After Horus has left, Cthonia, though, it, 
he didn't, you know, we I, we laughed like we did the, we did the Dark Angels last time. So the lion comes up uh, on Caliban and he turns Caliban around. I'm going to get rid of all of the evil warp beasts. We're going to unify the planet. Horus just kind of peaced out and they were all like, "All right, so we just go back we're going back to the pile." Wait, yeah, he instantly <laughs> leaves. Yeah. Lee, he was like literally I just I, I'm supposed to res rescue the princess from the castle, and the emperor showed up. Was like, "Hey, we don't, we don't have time for this stuff." Yeah, just leave the castle. We're on. We're out of here, like, man. Norris went. All right, I'm out. So Horus is left, and the world is right back where it started. Um, there is again GW naming mechanics. Abaddon has a father, and I guess they had to write a name really quickly, and they just they went around the table and somebody Abaddon's dad dad's name go, and someone Tarkadden. <laughs> <laughs> so his dad is. Tarkadin. His dad's also a douche. Yeah, son of Bargadin. I mean, they always could go through anyway. I'm being a dick, but <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But you can make fun of that dude's name because he sucks. Oh yeah, like a lot sucks. Super warlord. Like, like he instantly he's like, hey, we'll give you three dollars to murder the rest of the people that are your best friends, and he's like, I would have done it for two. Yeah, yeah. Tarkadin is bad news, but he is one of the most powerful warlords in the entire planet. Yes. But he got there by when they talk about him, he's the guy that you go to the meeting with and just assume he's instantly going to stab you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just what he was. He was the bad guy. And the biggest thing is, is that Abaddon, the oh, I'm just going to call him the Don. So he can yeah. kill you. the Don gets the same type of, and he's expected to. Well, yeah. Cause, cause he, this is his dad and his dad's like this, this kid's going to be just like me, but Abaddon, didn't like it. It, it. He he looked at, at the life his father had and the way that these people operated. And it's this is a really important piece about Abaddon. He didn't like the disloyalty. He, he, he was, hated it. He's always been, even even still now. He, mm -hmm. he does some chaosy shit now, but oh, like yeah. for forever, his big thing was, I'm not a good guy, but I'm a loyal guy. Exactly. You're like, here's my group of friends. If you do anything to them. I'm going to stab you in the head. Also, we should probably point out the fact that he's a gorilla. Yeah. He is so big. <laughs> yeah. I was, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but Abaddon is not a small, frail man hiding in the bushes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Before he got any of the organs or got any juiced up stuff, he was already, what's up, guys? I heard that someone was here to play the, the, the part of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> His father brings Baden in and says, you know, you're going to take over for me. But before you can do that, you have to show me, you have to show fealty to me. Not loyalty, but fealty. And you're going to show me fealty by killing all of your friends. And then, and then I'll let you take over. And Abaddon says, you know, so I'm going to keep flipping Ab Abaddon and Abaddon the whole time just to drive <laughs> you all nuts. Uh, what he then does instead is just, okay, cool. And then murders his father and his father's bodyguard. But also, like, by instantly. Hand. Yeah. yeah. He, by hand. His dad basically says this, and he goes, yeah, you couldn't have said anything more wrong to me. Yeah. Also, he didn't like his dad in the first place. <laughs> He's just like, you know what? I was probably going to kill you at some point in time. How about now? And he, it's a brutal scene, by the way, because he's, like, popping eyes out. Like, it. Uh, he does of, this by hand, yeah. you know, like, and, which is shows how he is. Again, of course, at this point, he just murdered the largest, powerful warlord in the entire you know, planet and all his bodyguards. So now we've got that John Wick moment of I have to you know, go on the run. Um, actually, probably John Wick's a good reference for what just happened there. True. Basically, yeah. Use the pencil. Uh, whatever a 40K pencil is. Um, <laughs> data slate. <laughs> but <when it's, laughs> if only we had one. If only we had a data slate. Oh, actually, you know, by the time this comes out, we will. <laughs> oh no, no, we won't. Not yet. Actually, if you guys haven't figured out, I'm recording this three days before uh, I release it. But anyway, he, you know, he's on the run and he's getting cornered. And the Luna Wolves show up and they they grab him. They say, "Look, you're perfect for us. We want to recruit you." Well, on a side thing with this, to set the tone for what was going on, though, the Luna Wolves kind of didn't realize that Horace's home planet became a shit show like eight seconds after he left yeah so because they kind of got caught up in the oh yeah a crusade and then we're we have to go back and we'll pull recruits from Cthonia, and then they kind of came back and went dude what have you guys been doing since yeah. i've been gone i mean first off a-level recruits 
I mean, absolute A, a plus level recruits we're going to oh, get they, out of this. But they they rocked it out. It's a good planet. Yeah, there's several planets that like on a side thing. This is a great place to get people from. Yeah, this is if you're trying to build super warriors out of stealth, they'll just go and kill for the name of the emperor. You can do worse than Cathonia. Yeah, Abaddon was pretty uh, all in on yeah. becoming a recruit. He's like, so uh, stay here in this god awful shit show, or make a difference across the galaxy. You had me at leave. Yeah, you had me. <laughs> One really cool story, part of this story here that I, that I this is uh, the story arc I like to want to do about Abaddon is they asked him, you know, the little asked him, why did you kill his, why did you kill his father? And his response was, I never wanted to be king. It's that was his, that was his destiny for me. It's not mine. To me, a really important piece of the story because Abaddon doesn't want to be a leader. He's always been a reluctant. He's always been a reluctant leader, and he, and he keeps ending up in it. And as we'll, as we'll discuss throughout the next few casts, from, from he's quite good at it, actually. No, but the thing is, is that from the beginning, everything, from the beginning, he's always the dude that takes care of business. Yep. It just, and because he's that guy that takes care of business, people keep giving him, You're, you should be in charge. He's like, I don't want to. He's like, well, we have to do this. And he's like, well, I guess I'll do it. Yeah, I guess I can go do it better than everybody else. Right. Obviously, then, they give him the gene therapies. It's fine. You stay away from his top dive. No, I'm doing, we're doing a side dive. Into, I don't understand. Okay, look. For those who don't know, Abaddon is always featured with a, with a, a top knot. Now, the top it's knot. It's a power top knot. Yeah, it's a power knot. I, the, the samurai, I think what they were trying to do in my opinion, was they were going with the samurai style top knot, which is it's like a cool. foot tall. Yeah. The problem is the model, it's the top knot is taller than his skull. Okay. <laughs> it looks like hot, hot garbage. And I am I hate it with a raging passion because <laughs> it, it looks the top knot looks awesome on a samurai or a Viking. But every model I've ever seen of him and in their original models, it's just this antenna sticking out of the top of the model's head with hair on it. And credit to you guys who've painted him. He looks beautiful. I have seen people do incredible things with this. Still looks stupid. And, and it's this piece. I and mean, all I can think about is someone like, like ducking down and trying to sneak. Like, you know, but they've got a, a two-foot haircut coming up the all top I'm of their head. that top knot. Is gonna make so many four up saves on you. It does. Time you oh play. yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll appreciate it, but I'm just going with. God damn it, is it stupid looking? So there, what I talked about before. He started off as a big. He's not a. He's a huge man. Yeah. He's not a big. He's not like, hey, I'm slightly bigger than average. He's not the. He's smaller than Primark, but not a lot smaller. Yeah, but but he was hulking as a a regular guy, yeah. and then he became a marine, and was. Big mm -hmm. and also, I don't. And then you don't know if this is a, a psychic thing or not. Abaddon has always had a, which they quote on the books a lot, a menacing presence. Yeah, and you're like, but is that a psychic even, power, or are you yeah. just a mean dude? And people are like, maybe I shouldn't mess with that guy. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is that Abaddon is one of those people that we say menacing. Yeah, if he doesn't like you, he will kill you with his bare hands, with little warning. You know, that's the thing, which is a little bit, we'll call that menacing. I mean, quick to, quick to anger that leads to death is yeah. menacing. And in the modern version of the game, he's in super power armor, so that's always a nice, fun one, too. I but mean, one thing, so Brad never discussed this before the cast, and we're going to dive into it now. Abaddon has been retconned a few times because he's been around for 30 years of the, ga of the game. It, I want to go into this real quick yeah. while we're saying it. Because, yes, he has been retconned. He's been retconned way less than you think because a lot of times the retconning isn't a retcon. It's cleaning up a very small story that was referenced yeah. because he's been around forever. So there's all these blurbs of things he's done. And then exactly. they and then they piece them together, and so yes, he don't get me wrong, he's been retconned like yeah. several times, but he's it's less than you think. 
and we'll let let's dive into one of the ones that I think is more interesting. So there was a period of time where there was a question of whether Abaddon was a clone of Horus. And this was an earlier version of the game, but I do think we should touch on it, where the idea was, because I, I, I kind of like the idea, where the Emperor lost all his Primarchs. They get, they get scattered all over the place. Why wouldn't your first move be, oh, I'll just clone him. I'll make another one. And my theory on that, because this has been retconned, so I can have any theory I want, is <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it being retconned, is he tried it, and the and the the, uh, the chaos gods went, yeah, no, I'm going I'm to warp him the same place as the other we'll one. We'll just keep stealing yeah. him. Which is why Abaddon ends up on the same planet as Horus. Maybe they just, they're just, they're just messing with him. But anyway, it is something I just want to reference for you people who were you know, newer to the game, and someone might mention him being a clone, Yes, at one point he was, maybe, sort of, and then very Story much so now, not. Super not. Yeah. Extra super not. Exactly. Maybe, very, maybe, very much Maybe so Little not. Horus, but not. Yeah, but it's good because also Little Horus is in the Legion. They had a few of these, and you'll know, you'll, you'll see them pop up through the stories, but for the most part, yeah, no, everyone agrees that, that this has been removed. Yeah. Also, so, the Legion with the most names. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah, they were the Luna Wolves. They were Sons of Horus. Now they're the Black Legion. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're the most named characters. I was like, oh, maybe. No, Ultramarines. Oh, Ultramarines by, yeah, by, by spades. Yeah, good point. Oh, that's on me. We'll get to the Crusades now. Abaddon is now next to Horus, and he's a huge fan of Horus, by the way. He meets Horus and is just like, this dude rules. Well, this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. One. All of the, the sons of Primarchs are literally psychically bound to them. So you right. just you're effectively magically forced to already hold them and thing, but that his thing already is loyalty. Yep. And so he finds this the this is what I should be living. This is the thing. Yep. It's like I will do what needs to be done also to upkeep this, but also he's a big deal in keeping people if you shit talk horus oh don't good things yeah don't don't do it don't do this and the thing is is he's lead by example though he's he becomes the first captain he doesn't become the first captain because he's boys with horus the don doesn't talk a lot yeah he is incredible in combat i mean this was so he actually ended up leading what's called the justerin and the justerin are a special subgroup of the Luna Wolves that were... It is literally the SEAL Team 6 yeah, Seal Team of six. Space Marines. But with... It's different, though, because SEAL Team 6 kind of, like, comes out of the shadows and hits you when you're not looking and blah, 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 blah. That blah. is not what yeah. he's doing. The just there and go, where's the biggest, toughest part of the enemies? Oh, it's right over there. Cool. Me and my guys are going to go kill that guy. I mean, the just there and are, are so cool because they really would just go right up the, the gut on, on enemy defense, kill everything and just make a big hole. This is one run. of the reasons that Horus ended up becoming War Master, besides yeah. the, the charisma thing, is they were putting up sick numbers. Yeah. Oh, just and Abaddon was one of the yeah. biggest reasons that they're dominating when they go places. He just runs through them. And so he just rises a title of first captain because everyone went, yeah, yeah, he's the best. War. It's, it's one of these things we talk about a lot where this isn't, Abaddon's rise within the Luna Wolves was not contested by anybody. Like, everyone was like, yeah, he's the best go. And it was just, yeah, he's incredible. Now, what ends up happening, though, is Horus, a cool thing about Horus is he was actually a very smart leader. And he just he realized that you can't lead without advice. So he builds the Mournaval. And the Mournaval is the council of equals. It is mm-hmm. where everybody can speak. I mean, it's the Warrior Lodge thing, but like yeah. they, this is the one. The Mortival in the Mortival is amazing because it also has some of the greatest characters in 40k. Yeah, because it has the Don, Torgaradon, Little Horus, and my favorite character in literally all of 40k <laughs> in the in the novels. Yeah, which is Loken. Dario, yeah, very Loken. Yep. He's because of the fact that he is wildly the worst fighter out of all of those guys yeah and just indiana jones is it through 
what seven books <laughs> yeah yeah, he, he, yeah he, he does well but the don is the he's the closest advisor to oris in this because everybody has their say and then they have to give the well what's the the most efficient and ruthless thing to do and then everybody looks at abaddon and goes all right we've all got our opinions what do you think we should do and he's like no one's gonna like my idea but well we're gonna go do it the hard way that's yeah. kind of what 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 he did but he they was always successful this council of war captains their role was to make the luna wolves the most successful and abaddon was one of those when we did a cast before talking about space marines brad Brunson made a great point the space a regular space marine is not just a combat he's all he also can absorb data and can analyze data and abaddon's maybe one of the better ones at that in the entire game like again bordering on primark level when he was just a regular space marine you know he's clever could see holes and knew to exploit them 100 percent. and the thing is is that he started that early on you, you see it even if you read the Again, always read the Horus Heresy. Yeah. <laughs> the novels. But when you look at that and the warrior, even when they're getting down the, the path of chaos, he knows what's going on, but doesn't know what's going on at the same time. He sees a lot yeah. of insight to that. And I think he's just okay with it because, again, from the early on, what's his deal? Loyalty. He felt that he got betrayed. Well, yeah, let's actually, let's just jump into the Horus Heresy, pre heresy, Ulanor. Huge orc battle. Yeah. The, one of the biggest orc battles. I mean, it was only, besides the War of the Beast, it was the orc battle. People are going to yell at me for Armageddon, but yes. <laughs> Armageddon, it's different, though. It's, I'm talking about historical, pre heresy. This is it. Sure. This is the moment. As we discussed on, on the orc episode at Ulanor, the Emperor and Horus and a number of the Primarchs actually had to fight their way through it. Horus lands with First Company, which is a Badden's company. And their goal is kill the war boss. Horus gets to the war boss and actually does kill him. And afterwards comes back to find the entirety of first company terminators are dead. Barring a pile of dead orcs that starts wiggling and a batten comes out the bottom of it. He, uh, he did some stuff. <laughs> yeah. He killed so many orcs that they actually fell on top of him and he was buried by them. This is, Abaddon's, I don't know, ability to fight slash. Uh, he's a bad dude. Yeah, he's just tough. Dude. But he's also one of the, the thing is, is again, he's willing to keep going because he was supposedly dead like five times during that time. Oh, yeah. Abaddon actually almost dies throughout most of the heresy. And then that theme continues, I think, through most of modern 40K. So Damn, what if they killed him off? Never happened. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, just no. No, bad, bad John. No, oh, bad. Such a bad writing. <laughs> but one of the things is, is that during this time, and it's very, I don't think it's played up enough in the game, is that the Don was leading spy networks from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that gets played down a lot in the in the game itself, in the, the Codex stuff. But Abaddon was literally had a pretty vast network of spies all over the place uh, amongst regular human space marines everything he just he was brokering knowledge basically well i could see i think a lot of, he doesn't trust he's loyal but he but he doesn't trust because he comes from a planet where oh, everyone oh, you, i mean his you, father you, i'm sorry you, like you're just gonna bail on that one yeah. i'm like yeah like, i think there's a couple reasons that he doesn't trust i'm like so we're not gonna talk about the dad thing yeah <laughs> i go i feel that that's like probably a good if probably you were in one yeah if you were in therapy right now we'd probably go right to that yeah. one <laughs> so tell me more about your father yeah he tried to have me murder all my friends and, <laughs> and everyone he knows he murdered yeah i feel like that might be a, a, a cause of some of your sadness yeah maybe it, it, it might be but yeah, but right, let's jump into the heresy. Well, obviously, we've covered the heresy a good amount, but let's kind of focus a bit more on, on what Abaddon's role was throughout the heresy. And I think starting with the Warrior Lodges. Starting with the Warrior Lodges, and he was already... The Don was all in on 
Horace. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. If Horace decided we were doing bad shit or good shit, he was equally mm-hmm. behind him. Also, he was real willing to murder you if you said something that was bad about Horace or just disagreed with Horace, to be honest. Yeah. Like when they started going chaos, he was like, who finally I get to do exactly what I wanted to do before I usually had to talk to people. Now I'm just going to straight stab them in the head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Abaddon got a little bit rough during heresy. But the Don was in charge of getting more information for Horace mm-hmm. for who was, who's going to turn to me. Who's not. Yeah. And Horace again was brilliant, but he needed, you know, helps to have he wouldn't know this i mean right. horace knew the istvan three had to be done i mean istvan three and istvan five are very different istvan five was him neutering his enemy's army effectively istvan three was him culling his own forces and that is impossible without abaddon yes and he had to buddies. literally go these are the people that are gonna gonna go here's the maybes here's the no's mm-hmm. and he had his his fingers on the pulse of the run-of-the-mill sons of son of horus effectively every single soldier on istvan three was on abaddon's list yeah yeah this one goes down there so that's how he starts it once it kicks off though he doesn't he does not slow down very much um no he once it once it becomes we are splitting he has he effectively takes the press out back and has them shot Anybody that says a bad word about it, because he is ruthless, but also pragmatic about it. And he says, I don't want anybody that could rabble rouse because one of the big things, they just lost a huge part of their legion. That's so he didn't want to his one of the reasons was it wasn't just that he wanted to kill somebody because he didn't like him last time he got coffee. He was like, I don't need these guys. It giving any doubt or anything like let's just nip this in the bud and because he's ruthless he's a, he's a pragmatist but ruthless in his pragmatism mm-hmm. and well these guys will probably be fine but they might not they might not so why take the risk yeah. once the heresy kicks off this role for abaddon actually expands now he needs to start figuring out which planets are going to be loyal which supply lines are going to be loyal? Which rogue traders are going to be are going to be loyal? This becomes his next big step because, as Brad was saying, we don't talk about this enough enough in the codexes about some of the, the features that Abaddon had. But this was maybe his greatest contribution to the Horus Heresy, barring the very end, where he actually made it so the Heresy could continue. He was the one spreading sows of doubt within worlds of like, is the Emperor right? Is is, is Horus right? This was all Abaddon. And the thing is, is that he was in charge of, not even in charge of, he just took it upon himself to nip anything in the bud. Because as we know, as they got deeper and deeper in, Horace was starting to lose himself to chaos. Yeah. And Abaddon didn't really know what to do about that, but he knew that he wasn't going to let anybody else do anything to Horace. Yeah. And that's, this is kind of, the beginning of Abaddon's rise. And I like pointing out, as we said earlier, a lot of Abaddon's rise was reluctant. He this was like we, we when you read the stories, especially the stories during the Horus Heresy, it is constant backstabbing, power grabbing. I mean, Luther, Ezekiel, I mean, like there's so many of these people throughout the whole the, the stories of where they they see any chance for them to move themselves up and they get it. Abaddon never wanted that. Um, no, well, he's also got, he's biting into an ass flavored lemon as we continue on. Yeah. Because the person in his life, Horace, is doing, starting to be everything that he doesn't like. Yeah. And so let's go into kind of what's happening with Horace as a quick refresher. Brad's buddy, Lehman Russ. <laughs> went on a crusade down the middle of Horus's ship, stabbed Horus with his spear, and then peaced out. Pretty much. That's basically the story. But the spear ended up wounding Horus so badly 
that he had to make a new deal with the chaos, which gods. is the third. Th- the, yeah. He's now acquiesced to chaos several times. Actually, yeah. this is it's the the third big deal, but it's he's done. He's done a few others. Yeah, yeah. because he wanted knowledge, power th- mm-hmm. to continue on. And each time that this happens, Abaddon's like pretty pissy because the whole thing is is that the emperor betrayed us. This is why we're doing this in the first place. And now he feels that the entirety of this is, what are you doing, man? Like, this is not what we're what we're supposed to be doing. Well, it's it's this whole thing of, Abaddon was all in on Horus's original thing where the emperor betrayed us. We conquered the galaxy. He then handed the, our success over to somebody else. Well, blah, he's blah, also, blah. they also think he's trying to achieve godhood. Yeah. And what ends up happening is now you're watching Horus kind of go down the same path. There's not yeah. really a reason for it. But th- where this becomes, it, but this is kind of what Avedon's an interesting boat here, though. Horus, as he's effectively in a coma, you know, for because the, the, the chaos guys are eating his soul. Well, he hands the reins over yeah. to Abaddon. Let's uh, get puts Abaddon in charge, and Abaddon just does what Horus wanted done. So he's this is that whole that loyalty thing again, where he went, "All right, well, I don't agree with what you're trying to do. I don't like what you're trying to do, but you're in charge, so I'm going to make sure we get it, we get it done." Which and, they do. <laughs> which they do, and so it, for those of you who haven't read the books, effectively. Most of the campaign through through Soul is Abaddon at the helm, not Horus. Yeah, because well, Horus is doesn't even know where he is half the time yeah. now because he's in and out of being possessed by all four gods. <laughs> and I mean, to the point where Luna, maybe maybe one of the most important victories in the Siege of Terra was Abaddon. He was the one that actually went in there. Um, leading his just staring. Well, he was going door to door. Yeah. <laughs> like literally selling murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that, uh, one little funny story here is that I, I do like this Norris Heresy is Abaddon leads an attack on the gene labs on Luna and actually does seize them and gets, so they have the ability to make, you know, new, uh, new legions. But, because they lose the Horus Heresy, this is just a useless piece of information for them <laughs> in, in technology because they have to go back to the Eye of Terror. However, not everything Abaddon did was successful. No, he's, that's why, again, I like him as a character because he's not... I'll, I'll throw this out for Zoobs. Uh, he's not a Mary Sue, which is what he calls all the Primarchs. He's <laughs> not wrong. Well, because he's failed a lot. Mm-hmm. He succeeded a lot, but he makes bad choices. He makes great choices. Uh, attacking the ye old gate, which shall not be named, which did not go well. Yeah, he uh, fell. He fell for Dorn's trap. He in that door, but it was a wildly obvious trap. Yeah, it's like, he also oh. got warned, like, "Hey, man, this is for sure a trap." Well, that's the, that's what I like about the story is Abaddon sees the crack under the Saturnine gate. Says, well, look, there's a there's a weak spot there. And Pedralba goes, It's not a weak spot. Dorn did it on purpose. It's he, literally he's, a giant he's axe. Totally waiting for you the, there. There's a there, there's yeah. a piano on a rope hanging over <laughs> it. <laughs> like, like, don't do this. And and Abaddon just says, Screw you, you're wrong. I'm gonna go do this because I'm I'm this good at it. I think he just doesn't care. He think at this point in time, until right now in the Siege of Terra everything's been going pretty damn well. That's fair. So I think he was just like, hey, man, I'm in fuego. I've been draining threes for the last half. What could happen? And you're like, well, this could happen. (laughs) Everyone could die. So that's what happens. They they just a little recap from those of you who didn't listen to the episode. They jump down. It is a perfect trap where basically they, they teleport in. So they teleport in. Everyone around, they're, they're surrounded by guns that shoot them. It's not, it's one of those things like not even like take a, not even red shirt on Star Trek level of death. <laughs> like it's just an instant, and no. <laughs> now, Abaddon does survive it. He, he teleports down, everyone gets shot, and he teleports back out. So he doesn't die there, but he kind of now has to shut the F up. Yeah, going forward as from from a planning stage standpoint. He's like, whoopsie. I, yeah. Uh, he basically goes back to the Vengeful Spirit. And this is when all the shit went down. So 
this is a weird thing because the Don, who will argue later, I think was evil from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You do not. Mm -hmm. But he did not want Horace to lose, but he also didn't want corrupted Horace. So I think he was very torn about what he wanted. Oh, yeah, that was the thing. He, he, he wanted the original Horace to win. And anything that they were doing that was kind of on those lines, he was fully supportive of. But he did not like the version of Horace that he was left with. Because I, mean, I don't know if we did enough justice when we talked about it. Horace was so corrupted, his physical form had changed. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't like, like, Kind of like plague marines, like in that level where it's like well, he was know something's yeah, wrong. his form was changed, but he's also in and out of he's yeah. talking in multiple voices, you know what I mean? Because he's projecting. And when the Don goes back to the vengeful spirit, he is bent out of shape. Not only did he just fail at stuff, but yeah, shit's everything. going down and he knows it's going down. So yeah, Don's back to the vengeful spirit. He just once he realizes that the, the shields are down. I mean, he'd figure out instantly what's about to happen. He knows exactly what's going to go what's down. Gonna happen. Because and Horace basically let the shields down and went, bring your weak shit, Emperor. Yeah. And Abaddon is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and also kind of knows that this might go terrible. Yeah. And he still doesn't want Horace to die. And this is one of my favorite parts of the book is he then just beelines for the bridge. And the vengeful spirit at this point... <laughs> is not great it's not a great place again if you've seen event horizon it is that times about seven thousand abaddon just decides anything between him and horace that is even mediocre in in his way is dying while he's at full speed he makes a full he decides going straight would be the best option and just and it's it's a cool part of the book he's literally carving up demons you know, there's there's some random loyalists in there. There's other other traitors. Doesn't matter. I'm I am going to fight by Horace's side when he against the Emperor, and no one is stopping me. Do that, and much like the the, the Rogel Dorn uh, for the Emperor, he does not get there in time. <laughs> and he is. I think this is when he gets broken out of his spell because he goes from the most possible love for Horace to, I don't even know, hate, just disdain and disgust at what happened. And that's when he rips off the talent of Horace Mm -hmm. and takes his body. Well, he takes the ship. He takes the ship, but I'm saying, but he takes, the body's on the ship, but he, yeah, but he had to make a way with that because you still had Primarchs hanging out. Oh yeah. He picked up the body and carried it to the bridge and then deuced out and just turned this ship. Immediately. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but but it's at this point that I think the spell was broken. He felt that Horace had betrayed him or at least betrayed their cause, I think. Yeah. And this becomes really the start of Abaddon being the 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 war master, the the, the Abaddon. And this is the beginning because he goes on a vision quest. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but like I really think that this is the point that we were he was the follower, the right-hand main of yeah. Horus. And then he became not even just disillusioned. He just took such a 180. Let's on time on that because yeah, this is, this is the inflection point. He breaks. And that the, the, we can, I mean, the, the story is very quick at this point. The sons of Horus just all bail and they go back to the eye of terror because that's where you go. If you need to escape the Imperium and they're being attacked the whole way because they are, remember, if you if you're going to rank out all of the traitor legions that you want dead, if you're the Imperium, oh, this Horus's is, legion is number one, two, three, maybe through eleven. It's like, also the guy that was leading the rest of the yeah, forces yeah. is there. So they're running at full speed, being just, and they are also being yeah. completely separated too. Yeah. And they're making a wild dash. And it's not a fallback retreat. This is a full run. Yeah, and they're going back there. Some of the other like traitor legions. Took a bit of a walkabout in the way there. They were like, oh, we'll stop off at this planet, pick up some slaves. We'll go to this no, planet. They were burn it for no reason. No. Sons of Horus were gone. Yep. Yeah. And it's a big deal on this because, and I think it's this, 
one of the reasons that they lost so much because the Don's not even trying to fight at this point in time. He's just trying to get the hell away. And I think deal with what the hell is going on. Cause he, again, you're right. He was just straight broken at this point in time because everything that he thought was right and perfect and everything, even though that they were the bad guys, they were doing the right thing. Yeah. But the guy that told you about this became everything that you didn't like. Well, I think it is a compounding effect because we've also discussed on prior episodes when your prime mark dies, it wrecks you. So you get this double hit of the prime mark has died, which, you know, set the blood angels off, really launched the red thirst in the blood angels. The iron hands became almost an unfit fighting force for a while. Ferris Magnus got his dome cut off. Yeah, Yeah, it just, it all does it. So Horus, we, we, it's, no really it's a psych- it's well, literally... no one cares about the Luna Wolves, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, when the sons of when the Luna Wolves, sons of Horus, when Horus died, it also hit all of them. It's so psychic you, backlash. Yeah, and you've got that going on while you're being attacked. It all just starts to fall apart. So they eventually get all the way back to the Eye of Terror, and just now they've got a bigger problem. They've got a leadership void. And it is, it is, it it is not filled yeah. because Abaddon... Cartman's it and says, screw you guys. He takes the ship and just like basically pulls just, the bus up, kicks everyone off the bus. It just drives away. It drives away, yeah. Just like, like, where are you going? He's like, nowhere. I yeah, don't care. Peace out. So, And I just, like, I, I just thought this was hilarious. And he literally gets out there with a vengeful spirit, lets everyone off apparently at some stop, and then just takes the vengeful spirit oh, further down. Also, this is another reason why the Don's a bad dude. The Don takes off all his armor. Yeah. He gets out of his Terminator armor and is wearing a tunic and he just rolls through the eye of terror, yeah. contemplating life. Just wandering through. For a while. <laughs> meanwhile, behind him, the Legion is completely falling apart. They're also getting picked off by the other Legions. I'll be there. We'll do that in the next episode. Yeah. So what's going to happen? So the chaos gods are coming in. I mean, this is... Remember, as if you look at all the legions, Horus's legion had no chaos deity, so they're just kind of up for grabs, for lack of a better saying. And so every every member of the legion who's wandering through the Eye of Terror, looking for leadership or whatever, is just having chaos gods go. Well, I'll be your friend, and or murdering them. Yeah, it's more it's it's more the second. There's a lot of murder going on. And so Abaddon's gone and they have to figure this stuff out. But let's spend a, just so we're getting near the end of the episode. I want to spend a little bit more time here talking about Abaddon and kind of where he was and where we are. So Abaddon was just a warrior who loved loyalty. In fact, kind of like the lion. It, well, he was <laughs> kind of like the lion. <laughs> just, sorry. I mean, true. kind of, but he was always. I a, think more uh, violent. I would say we can disagree on this. I still think the Don was always Don started out lawful evil, and I think he became neutral evil because his loyalty always got betrayed to him. All of it. Think yeah. about it though, from dad, second dad, yeah, and your your. Well, that's why I think he started off more around chaotic neutral, lawful neutral, and ended up lawful evil, but by choice. I'll give you that. I'll give you that that, that thing too, because he. Oh, you got to think he has three father figures. You have the emperor. You have his actual dad. Yeah. And then you have the emperor and Horus, and all of them to him betrayed him yeah. horribly, like base level betrayed. They didn't steal ten dollars from his wallet. No. They 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 betrayed his. Poor beliefs. <laughs> you know, dad tried to kill him. Uh, everybody else basically said, hey, these are the things that are most important to you. Cool. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to betray your loyalty. I'm going to betray your trust. And I'm going to I'm going to become things that you never want. I'm going to become things you spent most of your life fighting against. Right. He's, they, they become the antithesis of this. He just thinks Horace is now just weakness. He's like, what is even happening? And now I just went into the immaterial. I went into the warp. The, yeah, the difference. He's wandering the warp. And I mean, it's he's, he's on a walkabout. 
He's a walkabout again with no armor. Well, he does have the vengeful spirit. Yes. And then I know, but like he's <laughs> he's in that he's in the point where he just doesn't care what happens. Because he doesn't know what to do, to be honest with you. He gotta, he, again, he is a broken, immortal man. That's actually wow. I hadn't thought, but you just made a point there. It never occurred to me. He's been a follower the entire his entire life. Correct. He's never been a true leader. Even when he was leading the sons of Horus against the Emperor, he was it, he was still doing it for, for Horus. Horus. So he's never been in a position of, I guess I'll just do what I want to do. Yeah, he has, and he doesn't know what he wants to do because he's again just been trifecta betrayed. Yeah, on on a galactic scale. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be more betrayed than he thinks he's betrayed right now. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, I. I felt betrayed. I set the galaxy on fire because I was so mad about this betrayal. And then the guy that I followed be, to do this betrayed me again. And now I'm also sitting into, oh, yeah, did I just travel into magic world? <laughs> yeah. Well, evil magic world. Evil it's magic world. Not a fun magic world. It's not imagination land from, from yeah. South Park. It's, it's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's no bueno. And I'll just try to figure out, oh, cool, uh, apparently thoughts exist and become reality. Sweet. I'll deal with that as we go. That's some new information that I have. That's a fun one. So I think we're going to break there because the next piece we're going to get into is going to be the reemergence of uh, Abaddon, what I would call his his rise. to The rise of the dawn. The the, the rise of Abaddon. Because the goal here was kind of to tell you guys where he came from and how how it all kind of fell apart. Um, But... As you play the game, obviously he came back up. So the next episode, we're going to dive pretty heavily into into how Abaddon became the head of the Black Legion, um, and which is pretty the beginning of, of the Long War. Yeah, it's actually impressively badass. With that, though, I mean, we did want to talk about some books that you guys can read. So Brad actually compiled a list because he's prepared. I do, and we've got. Soul Hunter, which is the first book of the Night Lords trilogy. It's fantastic. The Black Legion series, Talon of Horus and the Black Legion, uh, they do POVs of the Don on that. Which That's I, cool. I think is really good. Uh, Pandorax, The Red Path. Uh, weirdly enough, Fabius Biles' book has a lot of interactions with Abaddon. Yeah, we're getting to that in a, in a bit. Uh, yeah. They weren't big fans of each other. And one of the biggest things I, I would have everybody go into is the codex supplements specifically if you can get if you've been a 40k person for a long time or you can go into the old bookstores the sixth edition black legion codex supplement has a wild amount of great stories in it yeah that's actually something that i do want to encourage people to do is read the older codexes the, the black black library is great but it's really come on more recently i think it, it, from, from a source as 40k has grown before we had Black Library, we had codexes. And actually, the credit to the GW, they had some extremely good writing Fantastic. that went into that. I mean, like your 5th edition, 6th edition, 4th edition edition codexes, there's some really cool stuff in there because that was how you learned the game. You would get a new codex, and that was all you could know about the game until the next one came out. Yep. So they were, you know, obviously it's where your data sheets were. They were broken as all hell, but that's a side note. The But the stories were really, really great, so I cannot encourage people enough to read codexes. Um, but with that, um, we'll see you guys next week for part two of our um, Abaddon coverage. Probably it's going to be, be a part three, potentially a part four. I'm hoping to keep it at part three. We'll see. Uh, but Arcs, Arcs yeah, that's, that's why it's because the problem is he's in every series. Anyway, with that, I'm John Barside. This is Brad Chester. This guy. See you guys next week.